be praying for her. She's wore around. She, uh, as I said, she's trying to do my daughter's room, and she just, uh, she just exhausted, really is. As she trying to get her mother to help her, she sat there and watched her while she works. <laughs> no, Sharon really worked her tail off. She really did. She worked hard. Um, one thing I forgot to announce, I meant to remind Dad this morning. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all listen to podcasts or anything like that, but if you go to iTunes and um, and go to uh, your Apple Podcast, or you, a lot a lot of folks already have the little purple app on there. It says podcast. If you uh, do a search, put uh, the Document Chronicles in there. Um, I upload not only our morning and evening services on there for you to listen to, uh, and plus my morning devotions. But uh, I, it's my my personal podcast and I've been doing interviews. I've done one with Chris McIntosh. I've done one uh, a few days ago with George West. We do another one uh, with Steve Mann and, and uh, just, I've got a lot of several people lined up that I'm doing interviews with from a biblical perspective. And uh, that's what the title of it is, is the Document Chronicles uh, Relevancy in Scripture in Today's World, Relevancy of Scripture in Today's World. And uh, so if you get a chance, tune in and uh, and uh, subscribe. They don't cost you nothing. And I know a lot of people when they're working or doing things like to have a little something to, to listen to. And I've had several people throughout the years say, well, we should have a podcast. We just listen to the sermons uh, while we're working or doing so. So now I'm able to do that. And uh, so to be sure and to, to tune in on that. Before we get into our, 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 my message tonight, our teaching tonight, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, uh, Cheryl sent me something earlier uh, that really bugged me and bothered me. Now, was that, was that a Baptist church you said it was in? I'm not sure. It was in Atlanta. Uh, she sent me a picture of the inside of a church. And like I said, I don't know what kind of church it is or was or whatever. But it was decorated in the LGBTQ uh, rainbow flags and, and behind the choir, in front of the choir, and uh, behind the pulpit. And I tell you what, that just uh, really irks me big time uh, to celebrate sin in a church. To me, you talk about uh, heresy and, uh, you know, it's just pure blasphemy. That's all it is. That's just thumbing your nose at God big time. Now, you know, I want to make something very clear. If, I don't care if he's 100, homosexuals come in here tonight. That's fine. That's just where they need to be. I don't care if you're gay or straight. This is where you come to hear about Jesus Christ. You know, when I was, I always do a little video, a little live feed before each service and telling people, inviting people to come to church. And I, there's a lot of people out there, and, and I know you all have heard it too, said, well, when I get myself straightened out, then I will come to church. Well, if you do that, you will never come to church because you'll never feel like that you're at a level you need to be in order for God to accept you. But the truth of the matter is God will accept you no matter how you are, gay, straight, warts and all. But the thing that is... When you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, that's when the transformation begins. That's when the change begins. So if you, so don't worry about trying to get yourself to a position where you think God will take you. God will take you as you are, but then He'll make that change. But the one thing that we've got to, that, that is really creeping into the church is the fact that these uh, that people want to compromise on God's Word and, and they're condoning sin in order to fill a, uh, fill a pew. And they're sending the wrong message. Because, uh, as you always hear, love is love. Well, that ain't true. You know, and God loves everybody. God loves us, but he hates our sin. And for a church or a pastor to get up there and condone an alternative lifestyle choice is just pure blasphemy. And it is wrong. And that is what's creeping into our churches. And to hear a good, sound, biblical teaching, is, is uh, sadly, is when we become a rarity. 
And, you know, you've already, like Dad was talking about this morning with that Beto Rourke, they already want to attack churches that do not agree with that narrative. So that's already creeping in. And, hey, you think, you think that, well, that wouldn't happen here? Look at Canada. They already are jailing pastors who speak against homosexuality or transgenders or anything like that. They're already putting them in jail. There's, they're already being fined. They're, these things are already happening in Canada now. So don't think it would be. It's not, it, this uh, upcoming election is not about conservatives, not about liberal. It is, a, it is a battle between good and evil. And I'm telling you right now, and, and how, however that goes, that's where we're going to see maybe true persecution within the church where we may not. Uh, it, however it goes, it's God's will. And all we can do is trust in the Lord. If it don't go the way we want it to, then guess what? That may just mean that the Lord's coming back in much sooner. So that way we take joy one way or the other. Although it may come with a price and it may come uh, that uh, uh, to a point where are you ready to stand up for God? If that means uh, losing your job, losing your home, dealing with your finances, and how far are you willing to stand up for God? Now, it's easy sometimes to stand up and say, well, I would never say this. I would never do this. And then when it comes down to it, but see, the thing of it is, we're not sure how we're acting until we're put in a certain situation. However, we can trust in God that He'll give us the strength we need when we need it. And that's all we can do is just, Lord, if I'm put in that position, give me the strength I need. No matter what, if it costs my family, my life, my livelihood, whatever, give me the strength to stand up for what is right. And I think we're heading closer and closer to that that area. I really do. I mean, yeah. It, anyway, I go on and on. But I mean, you can even see in California, they're wanting to uh, already come down on churches who don't speak uh, uh, what they want taught uh, as far as liberal ideology. So... So we need to really be in prayer for our country and our churches like never before. And we cannot condone. We have to preach the truth in love, but we cannot condone sin. That's no different than me getting up here and saying, well, go ahead and commit your adultery. Go ahead and commit uh, uh, any other sexual sin. Go ahead and that's fine. God's going to love you. We'll just uh, we'll just kind of bypass that and talk about something else. You know, I mean, that's, that's crazy. If you start bypassing sin and condoning sin, at what part of the Bible are you going to start teaching? You know, I mean, really. You know, you, at some point, you're going to offend somebody, you know. So uh, there's, there's just no compromise on sin. And so we're going to have to really uh, start speaking that truth. And uh, no matter who likes it and who gets upset, uh, that's just the way it's got to be. And Lord willing, as long as I'm up here and Dad's up here, we're going to always preach the truth. And if you don't like it and... You got a problem with God's word, not us. And that's all we can do. So, anyway, if you turn your Bibles to Luke 24, like I, hadn't, I hadn't intended on talking about any of that, but when she sent me that picture earlier, it. Uh, it oh, well, there you go. She said, United Methodist. There you go. Oh, my gosh. If anything goes there, you probably get her preaching a thong and they wouldn't say anything. So. <laughs> Oh, come on. Said they, said he was reading that. Said they were announcing for people to be in a drag contest. She was well, being in a drag contest. Was it muscle cars or, or was it? Uh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> Which it was. <laughs> Rainbow muscle cars. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Yes, sir. show how close the homeless is. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that tribe pride. Yeah. Tribe pride festival. Yeah. It was in Kingsport yeah. two weeks ago. There was a local church that administered communion there. Oh, he said there's a local church that administered communion there. You know. Uh, and it was a Methodist church, if I remember right. Yeah, it says a Methodist church, remember right. You know, see, that just sends the wrong message. See, I don't care what sexual orientation you are. Like I said, it isn't, it's not about, it, the Word of God is to convict, all right? We need to see that we are in need of a Savior. And if you condone sin, then what makes you realize that you are in need of a Savior? You know, and that, you can't. You, you have to make people understand that you are going to hell and that you are in need of saving. That's why we, we preach God's word. And like I said, I, I'm not preaching a message of hate. Do not get me wrong. Everybody is welcome in this church. But whatever the case may be, we have to preach God's word. We can't condone certain actions. And that, when I said I interviewed George West, he, he went down there. And he was uh, actually talking. Uh, he tried talking to some people about um, uh, salvation. Talking about Jesus Christ. This one woman really got in his face and was uh, getting really angry, but he, he, he said he prayed, the Lord helped him to remain calm, and finally they were able to have some dialogue, and he said he didn't know how far that might have went, but I said, hey, you never know what, what seed might have been planted at that point in time. But, uh, you know, that's that's the sad part, is that uh, when you have churches like it, regardless, see, that's it. So the world paints churches with a broad brush, so it doesn't matter if it's uh, Catholic, uh, Catholics, Protestants, they all say Christians. See, they don't distinguish. See, we understand and differentiate between our beliefs, but those in the world think all Christians. So when they see that, they think, well, why is those Christians loving, but those Christians are hate-filled? See, they don't, they don't distinguish, and that's what makes it all so confusing. But anyway, I didn't, didn't intend to get in on that. I, I just, uh, that just really upset me when she sent that to me, that uh, churches are, are putting that in there. But we, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to really praise what we need to do. But anyway, let's look at Luke chapter 24, and we're going to read verses, uh, start with verse uh, uh, 45, if we may, and read through 53. Uh, that's Luke 24, starting with the 45th verse. That says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Let us have a quick word of prayer, if we may. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you and we praise you. Uh, Lord, again, thank you uh, for this opportunity to get to teach uh, this evening. Thank you for each and every person here. Uh, and Lord, as we were just discussing, I, I pray for our nation uh, and our churches, Lord, that people will start standing on the true word of God. That hearts and minds will be touched like never before and opened and illuminated. Lord, we know, as your word says, the cross is offensive. But let people understand their need for a Savior. And that only you can bring them the peace that they are searching for. And the freedom that they're searching for. And Lord, be with us tonight. Lead us. God has directed us in your word this evening. 
And Lord, uh, touch hearts and minds. Let those listening be edified. And most of all, let you be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so um, what we're seeing here, you know, uh, in, in trying to, to spend some time in prayer as to what to uh, teach on this evening, uh, Lord laid in my heart uh, talking about the ascension. And when Easter time comes around, and, and, and of course it is, a, it is a wonderful time, and, and not to try to, to minimize anything by no stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, we, 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 we study and we learn, and we put on the production of Freedom Hall, and, and many other churches, they, they talk about Christ. Uh, uh, his, 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 what he, his atoning work, how he was abused, how he was nailed to a cross, and how he rose again on the third day. Those are the things that uh, are some of the cornerstone of our faith and, and that we understand. However, uh, we know that Christ ascended, and we know that that was witnessed by over 500 people. And, and sometimes, I, to me, I kind of feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like that we read this, and then we, we kind of gloss over it a little bit to, to a certain extent. We read it. We understand it. We appreciate it. Uh, we praise God for sending His only Son to save us and, uh, and, and for His saving grace, His atoning work. Uh, and then we kind of keep on reading. Does that make sense? We, can, we kind of read it. And there's, I think there's certain patches, passages that we read and kind of, we kind of gloss over. We understand it. We appreciate it. But we just keep on reading. We don't spend a lot of time on it. And I just feel like that uh, this is something that needed a little time to look at and to understand and to appreciate uh, what Jesus has uh, did for us in his ascension and what that means to us today and how we need to appreciate that that much more. And when we read this here, uh, you know, the um, in verse 45, it talks about, it says, then open he their understanding. In other words, uh, uh, he, he removed that veil uh, so that they could understand these things. And when I read that, uh, that immediately, immediately made me think about uh, in Hebrews, if you want to turn to Hebrews, it's Hebrews 12, uh, 1 through 2. And it kind of made me think about that a little bit when I was studying that, how that, that veil was removed. Uh, I'll give you a second turn there if you want to. Hebrews 12, uh, 1 through 2. We may, There's several verses we're going to look at here uh, real quick uh, here just a little bit but Hebrews 12 1 and 2 everybody's second hear pages rattling that's why somebody said the other day who well, I can't remember who I was talking to he said yeah I said uh, uh, your dad will tell me tell us to turn to something I said I can get distracted just for a second he's already read it went on for I, and I forgot what he told me to turn to so 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 I try to give everybody just a minute to get there Hebrews 12. 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So talking about encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, being that veil being removed so that they would understand these things. You know, and, and when we see this, see, a lot of this is what was going on uh, in, in Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection. What he was about to endure was not very, was not really clear to them. And so he was making these things very evident and clear that, that what he was talking about, what he was going through, what he was about to go through, all these things were now being made very clear to him. You know, and it's very much so just like uh, Elisha. 
when uh, he was surrounded by um, by the angels in the in the fiery chariot. You know, uh, his 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 servant wasn't able to see those things. All of a sudden, God opened his eyes, and he was able to see all these angels in this fiery chariot. You know, I couldn't imagine uh, that that being revealed to us. You know, seeing such things like that. Even Stephen, as he's being stoned, uh, heaven was revealed to him, and he could see. And and as we're about to, to read here a little bit more about Christ ascending. And how that um, even though he was seen going up and going into the cloud, we, I think sometimes that we uh, need to understand that, you know, we think of heaven as up and hell as down. And, uh, and, and we need to understand that um, uh, that it's a way well, I like to describe it as a another dimension of time and space, if you will. You know, I'm not talking about a twilight zone, but how that you can that that there may be the, the things of heaven that are within if God removed that veil that we would be able to see and understand you know it'd be right here around us that these things would be going on that we cannot see and to me that's a really a cool thing you know if you're into if you're a sci-fi geek like I am you know I like anything time travel interdimensional other worlds those kind of things I like you know when I talk about other worlds they, they, I don't know there's this that multiverse theory that um, there are the, the same world the same time but things may have happened differently like in one world uh, I may be super rich and good looking you know instead of just good looking and poor as I am now and uh, or in another world I'm a big movie star or when another world Hoppy is James Bond, or and and, and uh, you know, you know, you see what I'm saying. None of these different worlds, we could be the same person, same time, but you know, maybe uh, we lost World War II and, and Germany took over America. You know, these kind of things. These are different worlds and dimensions. So as we see this uh, talking about heaven, that uh, that this veil was lifted, uh, we're able to see this other uh, other dimension of of heaven that that exists. And it's not literally so much in, uh, in, in as we look up. In fact, it was the, uh, I, I want to say it was the Russian cosmonaut. I could be wrong. That went into outer space and, and uh, was more or less mocking the Bible and said that, uh, well, I'm up here in space. There's no heaven here because people automatically think of. And of course, and when God created the heavens and the earth, the heavens was also referred to as the sky and the clouds and all that. So he was mocking that. So we see that, uh, that a veil, if you will, is preventing us from seeing those things of heaven as we see them now. And, and, and on that same note, uh, you know, people say, have asked me. Uh, can 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 those in heaven see us here today? And obviously, the things that are perfect in heaven, they're not going to, you know, obviously, they're not going to want to see the sinful things. But I do believe, and I could be completely wrong, and me and Death discussed this before too, I think that on the good things that we're trying to do, particularly for things of the Lord's, Maybe God does pull back that veil just a little bit and let those in heaven maybe see down upon us. There's times I feel like my Papa Leo is is watching me or my Papa Bruce or my friend Lance, you know, that these certain people, I think sometimes I almost feel like you know, maybe God's pulled that veil back just a little bit to look down. I could be wrong, but when you read passages like this, it makes you wonder, maybe that's pulled back just a little bit. When we're surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses that maybe they are able to see us from time to time that, that we can't see. Now, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe that we're just, you know, when we die, that there's unfinished business, that we're just hanging around here. I do not believe that at all whatsoever because God's Word says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So that would con completely contradict what God's Word is saying. 
Because if I could hang around here, I would torment the life out of my mother-in-law even more than I do now. So I, <laughs> there's no unfinished business, all right? That doesn't work. Um, if, there's thing, or if there are, are supernatural things that are happening, I believe that demons are real. And those are the kind of things that, you, uh, that these people experience that are fearful. Do God, allow, of course, God's word also on the flip side of that, said that we entertain angels unaware. And I believe that God allows angels uh, to cross our paths so we may not be aware of. That I believe in. But I do not believe in ghosts and goblins. And well, I don't know. I've missed. You can see some of the rugrats around here. There may be a few goblins. But anyway. But uh, so, verse 25 says, Then opened he their understanding, that they may understand the scriptures. And said so then, this, it, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So where he was at when this was, when this was happening, when this was that, uh, was said to be approximately maybe uh, two miles from Jerusalem at, at this, where this was particularly uh, at this event uh, was happening uh, and that where he ascended was probably maybe a mile from where he's, he's talking at here in the specific passage. And, uh, you know, and, but, you know, just like we were talking about, you know, and not to, not to chase another squirrel by no stretch of the imagination, but in verse 47 here, you know, that should be something that should really stand out to us. Like I said, I'm trying to really focus on these verses here. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Whether, you know, here this church is doing something very egregious, something that is, is blasphemous, heretical that it is doing. But remember, those of us who are saved, this is a, a command that should be given to us all that we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all those who will listen everywhere, anywhere that we can go to, that we are a reflection of Christ in all things, in all areas of our life, whether we're at home alone, whether we're in public, no matter where we're at, that we're constantly praying, God, how can I better minister? How can I better tell others about you? How can I better relate to somebody else that I can teach them and tell them of the great and most wonderful things about you, Lord Jesus Christ? Like I said, you that last Sunday night with the surgery I have to I have to walk even though it's painful and it stinks and I don't like it I have to get out to walk but that is my time of just being the Lord I just I, I just focus completely and totally and like Lord just talk to me let me hear your voice let me hear your words give me the wisdom give me the discernment to know that as you show me how I can better minister how I can better witness how I can better preach how I can better talk to other people about Jesus Christ give me a true heart for those who are lost Help me to find new ways to reach the lost. I don't want to compromise on God's word. Don't stretch the imagination. There's so many churches, they think in order to, uh, to reach the world, they have to be seeker sensitive. They have to compromise with the things of the world in order to draw them into the church. But there's none who seek God. There's none who seek after Christ at all. So we have to go out. That's why one thing I love about Fat Life Bible Church is that we're very evangelistic and that we go out there and we, we go out onto the highways into the byways to tell other people about Jesus Christ because there's none that's going to seek. That's why we have to go out and preach and teach and tell others about Jesus Christ. We have to find new ways to tell others about Jesus, to, to learn about His saving grace. See, that's why you've got so many people out there who are confused in their, in their gender because, for one, the devil has perverted what God has created. 
He created us man and woman. He created for us to, uh, that, that's how we're to be. I've had people say, well, Jesus never said anything about, um, uh, about homosexuality, but Jesus talked about Genesis 1.27, that marriage is between a man and a woman. But see, because the God of this world has perverted that and so many other uh, things uh, that how we think and how we react and what we're taught and what we've learned uh, from television and Hollywood and, 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 and you don't realize that you have probably been indoctrinated more than you, than you think in regards to things we have read and seen out there. And so, so many of these children out there, the, these teens and young adults are so confused. They're searching for something. See, we're created to worship. We're created uh, to seek after something. We, we're all created to think there has to be something more. Why do you think that there are false gods and, 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 and they're worshiping and seeking after these things? Uh, because they, because we're, we're born to worship. We're born to worship God Almighty. But they're seeking, they're searching, they're looking, and they're trying to find peace and, and, and they're trying to find happiness, but they're finding it in the wrong direction. And that's why it takes us as Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, to go out there and explain to them what Jesus Christ has done. See, you got you got people out there who try to say that this is just a fairy tale, that this isn't true, that this didn't really happen. And that, 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 that if you believe this, that you might as well believe in, in the Easter Bunny or, or Santa Claus or whatever it may be, that these things aren't true. But these are very much true. And that's why they don't want to hear it. That's why they don't want to talk about it. Why do you think the Freedom From Religion Foundation, why do they get so upset when it regards to Christianity? See, they don't say nothing about Muslim or Islam or anything like that. They, they get a free pass. But you talk about Jesus Christ, oh, lawsuit, lawsuit. Why? Because they know deep down this brings conviction. This makes them like, take a hard look at themselves and realize that they are sinners and they don't like it. But that's why we have to get out there and speak the truth in love. Have compassion. See, even though I don't agree with alternative lifestyle choices, even though I don't agree with these things, and it makes me mad and it makes me upset, and I don't like it being forced on me. You can't watch nothing anymore without that being pushed in some shape, form, or fashion. We must still have compassion because we don't know what these people have been through, what they've been taught. And the fact that they believe a lie, we must show compassion and show them Jesus Christ. So many Christians have shown such hate and, and, and such anger, which in, I can understand that side of it. I can understand that side of anger when it comes to certain issues. But we must show compassion as Jesus would show compassion. Not condoning a sin, by no strict imagination saying condoning sin, but Showing compassion and love and showing Jesus Christ. And let me explain to you. See, you're, you're everyone, and those who don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, are headed to hell. You are headed straight to hell. Hell is real. See, those in the world want you to think that hell does not exist. And if you're good, and if, if you love, and if you're kind, and if you're benevolent, if you do these things, you're going to get into heaven. That is not true. There's, the only way you're getting into heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus Christ plus nothing. That is the only way. God's word says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That is the only way you're getting to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. No other religion, no good works, no the only way is through Jesus. And so that's why we have to explain to these people that whether you, I don't care what your sexual orientation, I don't care man, female, feminist, socialist, whatever. You have to understand that hell is in true is in fact real. And so we have to explain to them what Jesus Christ has done for them. See, this is what this is about, is redemption. To, uh, to be bought out. With, uh, okay, so we, uh, as a slave is bought. See, we were, we were slaves to sin. 
And so Jesus paid that price. He bought us so that we can have eternal life, so that we can have peace, so we spend, uh, so we can understand the things of Jesus Christ, what He's done for us, and His love, His saving grace, all that stuff to be redeemed, to be bought out. See, we are redeemed. I mean, we need to make people understand that. See, that they're not only they're headed to hell, but say, listen, man, let me tell you what Jesus done for you. See, Jesus paid his price. See, God demanded justice. And, and we could pay it no matter how good we were. We could not pay it. But Jesus, he paid that price so that you can live in eternity with Jesus. But all you have to do is confess your sins. Repent of those sins. Understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. That he rose from the grave from you. And asking and receiving of the Holy Spirit. And then you can gain entrance into heaven for all eternity. And so this is what we're talking about here is redemption. Is that, that Jesus, when he ascended. You know, one thing I didn't write, and I was talking about this with George West the other day. I never really thought about this before. And I heard somebody talking about this. When we die and go to heaven, we will have perfected bodies. Man, I can't wait I, to have a perfected body. That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll stay sick so much. It'd be so nice not to be sick anymore. Not to, not to have to deal with surgeries and sickness. And I hope that I am just cut and ripped and stomach muscles. That would be awesome. If I had that now, I'd preach without a shirt on. You know? I, every time I say turn to a scripture, I'd flex. There you go. It'd be like Magic Mike at Fountain Alive. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But anyway, but we'll have perfected bodies. But here's what I'm getting at. That um, uh, I never thought about before. We'll have perfected bodies. But Jesus won't. Jesus will still bear the scars to, for all of eternity to remind us of his redemptive work on the cross. His atoning work on the cross. His hands will still bear those scars. And, you know, I never thought about that before. That here we'll be perfected because of what Jesus Christ done for us, but yet he'll still bear those scars for all of eternity to always remind us of what he done for us. I thought, that's, that's amazing. You know, I just never thought about that before. To me, that, that was amazing. You know, that, to me, it's almost like a whole new revelation. I thought, that, 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 is, that is something else. You know, and when Jesus, we're talking about his ascension here, you know, he, we, they watched him go into the clouds. And in fact, you know, Luke found it so important, he even re repeated it again in Acts. I want you to look over here in Acts chapter 1, uh, verses, um, uh, let's see, I'm going to do 9 through 11. Let's go do 6 through 11. I think that'd be better. But I even want to repeat that again in Acts. So let me read that real quick here. Because this is why this is so important. But uh, in Acts it says, and When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be a witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him and out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them, bless you, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in, into heaven, shall to come into shall come. 
can't speak, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So as a reminder that those of us who were saved, those of us who know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, that we too will ascend into heaven. That we see Jesus' own example and that the way he left is the way he's going to come back. Is that not awesome? And so that so demonstrating that, that um, in fact, uh, what was I going to tell you something, my mind just went blank on me. Um, um, oh my goodness. Uh, Staying from heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him going to heaven. I can't tell you something in my mind that just went out of my head. But anyway, uh, the fact is, he is demonstrating that uh, that that's how, those who believe and trust in Jesus Christ, he was demonstrating that very thing, that he that we will also go into heaven just as Christ went into heaven. And, uh, and that, oh, I don't know what I was going to say, but here's the cool thing. You know, in fact, if you, and when you look over here in, um, in, in Luke real quick, it said that um, uh, in verse 53, in work, in, when, he, when Jesus ascended, it said, and we're continually in the temple praising, praising, and, uh, praising and blessing God. So here's, that's the, you know, when, when they thought Jesus had died, of course there was mourning, there was crying, they were upset. You know, when you lose your, a family member, a best friend, something like that, you're going to cry, you're going to mourn. Even though you may know where they're at, you know, we, we miss them. We want them here with us. And so we, we're going to cry, be upset. But when Jesus ascended, they were praising and blessing God because then they fully understand the hope of Jesus Christ. They understood what was going on. They understood what Jesus was. And so out of great joy, they were praising God and, 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 and couldn't wait to tell others about what he had done. And so that's what we need to do each and every day. When we spend time in prayer, the time your feet hit the, hit the floor, the moment you open your eyes, we need to be praising God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another day. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for my home, our cars, our food. Thank you for all these things. Thank you for all your blessings, God. Thank you for sending your only Son, praising God with great joy and anticipation that we get to start a brand new day telling others of His saving grace and what He has done for us praising just as they were they weren't sad anymore because they understood what jesus christ had done when they saw him ascend and their eyes were open and that veil was that they understood all these things there wasn't no more sadness man they were excited and that's what i want for you all to show, have excitement each and every day when you wake up praise god i get to serve god another day you know tomorrow's monday everybody dreads monday Every Sunday, I see Kim put memes on Facebook talking about how bad she hates Mondays. <laughs> she, she hates Mondays. A lot of people hate Mondays. It, usually, a Monday is a Monday. It stinks, you know. Too bad our weekends aren't Monday through Friday and our work days are Saturday and Sunday. That would be kind of cool, you know. But it don't work that way. But whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day it is, you have the choice. You can wake up with great joy and anticipation. You can wake up in great misery and be like, oh, another day. Why do I have to get up? Why? I'm teaching a Norman Vincent Peale positive mental attitude. What I'm telling you is you have the choice. You're a child of God. See, we will judge the angels. See, we're, we are joint heirs to the throne. We're equal with Jesus Christ. You know, as he adopted us, take us in, but we're, we're equal with Jesus. And, and so... We, you are a king's kid. You, you are joint heirs to the throne with Jesus Christ. And so when you wake up in the morning, you can say, oh, another day. Or you can say, yes, another day. Jesus gave me another day. Lord, how can I serve you? How can I be an example? How can I be a witness? How can I talk to others about Jesus Christ? 
You have that choice. You can let the devil rob your joy, or you can let, or you can uh, put your hand in that nail scarred hand and and let your joy be filled, and say, Jesus, let me be used for you today with great praising and blessing of God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you. You know what? My job may not be the funnest in the world, but praise God, you gave me a job. And work, what does God's word say? Work as we're working unto the Lord. So that's why I tell my daughter, there's a lot of times where she has to go to work. I don't want to go to work, Daddy. I don't want to go. Do I have to go? Can I just call in? I said, even talking to Kim Hensley, you know, I'm kidding. She said, I don't want to go to work. I said, listen, when you go to work, don't worry about your manager. Don't you worry about what Daddy wants you to do or think. You work like you're working for Jesus. And I said, when they get you and make you pull back some nasty machine and you got to scrub the nasty gunk back behind it and you're thinking, I don't want to do it. You think, you know what? I'm going to do this like I'm doing it for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I tell you what, I said, your day will go a lot better. So we're all going to be in bad moods. We're all going to have bad days. That's just part of life. But let's just try to, to concentrate on the good things of God. And understand that when we read these things, uh, that uh, there's, there's even an Ascension Day that's 40 days uh, after Easter that is celebrated by some. But um, when we read God's Word, let us devour. You know, when you're eating food, when it's something you really like, you take your time, you just enjoy every little bite. Well, let's take our time and enjoy every little bite of God's Word. Sometimes it's easy just to read through it, gloss over things, and... Let's take our time and truly enjoy God's Word, the bread of life. All right? If you'll stand, let's close in prayer. Appreciate you every, each and every one of you all coming this evening. I invite you back Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for another wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you for each and every person here uh, this evening. Lord, help us to be a witness for you. Lord, let us uh, praise you for the good that you've done in our lives. Let us praise you for your love and your joy and your peace overflowing. Let us see each day anew, uh, each day as a way to, to minister and to uh, be used by you. Let us see each day as the day that you have made and let us glorify you in it. And Lord, to presume this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God, protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a good night.